This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And now it's time for the Scores Bears postgame show with Mully from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long-snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, always live on the free Odyssey app. It is the postgame show on the score. 312-644-6767. We'll get your reaction to the wretched 31-10 loss by the Chicago Bears. And I'm losing count. Is that five in a row now that they have lost, Patrick? That is five, and they are racking up, and that locker room is not feeling good at all. Right, and they are—they're uh, in the missing many player formation too. A lot of people coming out of that game hurt. It was wet conditions, a bad field, and a lot of looked like high ankle sprains. And man, that is rough stuff. Eddie Jackson just sort of uh, collapsed uh, at one point and did not return. And we know Darnell Mooney got his leg rolled. I mean, there's a lot to not like about that game. No, and we knew going into this game they were going to be outmanned, right? We knew even with going against the backup quarterback with the Jets they were going to be outmanned. But you're right. I think the story coming out of this game is the injuries. It's unfortunate to see some of these injuries, and they look kind of serious, especially with non-contact one with Eddie Jackson. You don't want to see that. Larry Borm going out, who's trying to earn a job uh, in there for Riley Reef, And it's just it's, it's unfortunate. This team is just – it's a simple thing. They're just not that good, right? They're just not that good. And they were going against the Jets team who was 6-4, and four, who was only – Two losses were against the New England Patriots. They're a pretty good team. And I think they made the right decision by changing their quarterback. But maybe Zach Wilson <laughs> wanted to play this game really bad after seeing this Bears defense that maybe the narrative there in New York would have changed with him out there going against this defense. But, Molly, it's going to be a long season the rest of the way out. Let's just hope Justin Fields can heal up a little bit and give us something to watch and give us some hope. You know, we see without him, there is no hope at all. And that just shows how important he is to this team, this game, and and just what he's done for this team, even if, even they've lost four games in a row with him at quarterback there, but they've still been competitive. And then we had this sinker. Yeah, and they, you know, listen. In fairness, the Bears came out and were competitive. They did have a lead at one point. They they gave up an opening touchdown. They were down seven to three after the uh, each team had the ball once, and then they got a ten to seven lead. And from there, it ends up. 31 to 10. So not good, not good at all, but they did show a sign of light. I mean, you know, there's going to be effort, but once you start, you know, you're already 
undermanned. Let's put it that way. There's mm-hmm. a talent gap between you and some other teams in the in the uh, in the NFL. And then when the normal kind of injury bug hits, as it does every year for every team, you know you are really challenged for uh, for your. Uh, depth and and I think that came across today multiple times it did and then you know what the good thing is let's take the good maybe Jack Sanborn still looks like he deserves a uh, a Bears uniform and the position he's he has right now as the Bears middle linebacker uh Byron Pringle had some good contested catches maybe that's something that Justin Fields sees and says hey I can throw the ball to him when he's not really open and he'll make the catch um those were two incredible catches the touchdown catch and the other one we got hammered by two other guys um Trying to think of any other good that was there. Oh, there was good. You know what it was? Now we're going to have fun with this because I'm just, this uh, game is what it is, I man. It is it what was, it is. We it had a defensive punter. lineman. We had a defensive oh. lineman get a sack. Oh, Armand Watts. There we Thank go. You, First Patrick. time since the Commanders game. There's that, another good thing we can talk wow. about. Wow. That is a long time. Um, I thought you were going to say we had the punter kicking off, which was. Uh, <laughs> That's a good thing, good. too. Yeah. And then there's yeah. a lot of bad. All right, let's stick with special teams for a minute. Why didn't Valus Jones take that ball out before halftime? I don't know. Why is he not told, no matter what, 17 seconds, just take it out? What's the worst that can happen? You I fumble and you. give the ball back to him? But yeah. you don't think that. You don't think that way. You think, we need points. We know the offense is going to struggle. Let's figure out a way to get the ball in a playmaker's hands. Well, you get it on a kickoff, right? Just take it out every time. And I told yeah. you in the pregame, what you can do is scheme it. Instead of saying a right or left kick where if they kick it to the left and you have a right called, you really don't want to return it, just call a middle return. They can kick the ball wherever they want, and you return it to the middle, and you get the supposedly one of the best playmakers on the Bears team, you get the ball in his hands and give an opportunity to make a play, maybe a touchdown or get you some better field position. I will give you this. I will say he's speedy. I don't know that he's one of the best. Uh, well, that's what we've been told. I'm just going over what exactly. I've been told. No, you're absolutely <laughs> what the scouting right. report, uh, right. scouting yeah. team told me. Yes. Yeah, we haven't seen it come to fruition. Uh, yeah. Listen, this is uh, this is rough stuff. It's a it's a difficult game to watch because there isn't ton of reason for hope. It is one of these games you knew going in you were undermanned. Um, you know the idea that we are waiting with bated breath to see if it's Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman, that tells you where this team was at to mm-hmm. open the game. And, and I, you know, God bless you, uh, Trevor Simeon. I mean, it's, it's nice that he played in the game. I'm not suggesting otherwise. I'm just saying that was really the, you know, the great suspense going into this game. And I think once we saw, um, once we saw the first, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, it, it was just a bad performance, and I, I don't want to sugarcoat it, but I also I think they're just undermanned. There's no way around it. Yeah, and you were there was a little bit of hope at the beginning. I think it was like, okay, I'm entertained. There's a little bit of hope. Let's see what happens. But then you got to remember this: the Bears' defense is out there right now. You know, when you have, yeah. when you're going into a game with a backup quarterback, your goal is to say, all right, defense, we've got to win this game. We got to hold them under whatever points we think. Uh, the offense can score. You know, let's say if we we got to get, let's hold them to 13 points. Hopefully, they can score 14. That's your mentality you're thinking about. But this defense just can't stop anybody. I mean, I, I forgot what the the third downs uh, conversions were, but one point it was six of oh, seven of 12 for the Jets had. But one point it was six of 10, and it just kept seeming se- seeming like every third down you just knew they were going to get a first down. They're not getting off the field, and they've had that problem for weeks now. And a lot of that has to do with that lack of pass rush. They can't get after the quarterback. They have one sack since the Commanders game. And then you have a uh, depleted secondary. You can't start blitzing with those guys back there. They had a couple early, and they got beat pretty bad. So I think Alan Williams just said, you know what, we're just going to try to play coverage and see if we can get to Mike White. But they obviously couldn't. 
Right. Yeah, that that was fairly apparent. All right. Um, we are going to take a quick moment. The station ID will be right back. We'll get right to your phone calls. 312-644-6767. That's the telephone number. And uh, you're listening to the post-game show on the score. It's the post-game show on the score. Unfortunately, things didn't go very well for the Chicago Bears in New York. Uh, It was a wet day, and it was a bad day for Bears fans because not only did they lose, they lost some players. And, uh, you know, we'll go through the list, and we'll we'll try to get you some audio from the coach when they speak. 312-644-6767 is the number. Patrick, you want to add anything else, or should we go to the phone lines? No, it's just the injuries. Let's just hope none of these are too serious that yeah. we can't can't get the guys back. Because if you don't have Mooney, Eddie Jackson, Larry Borman, possibly Chase Claypool, then who are we really playing with? That's yeah, that's that's I, the big deal. It's really bad. I mean, it's really bad. Uh, I mean, it got to a point where you had to burn a timeout because guys didn't know where to line up because sure. Mooney was out. So sure. uh, that's tough. Um, but. The fact of the matter is that the you know the NFL schedule doesn't ch- t- stop because you've got injuries. The Green Bay Packers are going to be in Soldier Field next week, and then the bye week comes after that. So it's kind of a getaway day, and then you can take a breath and let's hope the Bears can have a better showing against the uh, the Green Bay Packers than they did against the New York Jets. 312-644-6767. Steve is in Columbus. Hey, Steve. Hi, guys. Uh, my God, I had to sit through three hours watching that game with the uh, the other eye on Germany and Spain. That was actually more okay, exciting. Don't tell than me because I, I recorded that game. I'm going to watch that later. I got a friend that already tried to <laughs> ruin my day. But Who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? Uh, Molly, who are you rooting for? Uh, in the tournament or in that game? No, that that game, that game. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of like the idea that Spain could win and then Germany could get through <laughs> with two losses. That that is still a possibility. Okay, I, I'll so keep I my mouth shut. That. I'll keep my mouth shut then. Yeah. Okay. I suspect it would be a draw, but that's just me suspecting. That's not real. Yes. Okay. Now I'll go back to the 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 the, the actual game itself. Are you sure you want um, to? I was almost. I hate. I, I'm not a big soccer fan, and I was almost enjoying you guys talk about that. <laughs> but I, I got to tell you, without Fields, this team is so completely different, and and more importantly, really, really boring. It, it kind of like what we went through last year with uh, the whole Matt Nagy, you know, job on the line situation. And obviously, we're not even, you know, none of the people. Are, or have right. their jobs on the line, maybe a couple of uh, assistant coaches like Hightower and Williams and so forth. But but I got to tell you, the yeah, tackling I... was so bad today, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I don't know if it was the weather or whatever. The tackling was so poor. It was so sad to see. Well, you and, played a, a majority and... of the game without three starters in your secondary, and you've already traded away your best lineman and your best – uh, line back. I mean, I I hate the idea that guys could lose their job uh, just because. Who are you lining up with? Mm-hmm. I mean, what did what would you prefer Allen Williams to do than what he was doing? And Richard Hightower. I mean, I I you know I'm not going to sit here and and look at a team that's playing whatever it is, 15 different rookies have played on special teams this year, and say the coach is garbage. I I just I think if you do not 
if you do not build a roster designed to win, I don't know how you complain about the results or be surprised when they happen that way. No, I, th- I think the biggest thing, Molly, is just you want to see the effort. And Steve did have a good point about the tackling. The tackling was a little poor. Awesome. And that's effort, right? That's that's getting after the guy and, and staying with your technique and following through with everything. So the effort to me, just even a little bit on David Montgomery's runs, I know he had a pretty good game of, of, of some of these other gains that he had 14-yard runs, but there were some runs that just seemed like, I don't know, they just weren't as hard as he's normally running. And just kind of the whole game, the effort didn't seem as hard as we've seen but I wonder if they're just they just defeated or de- defeated right now of of what what they are out there. I mean, it's just it's unfortunate, like you said, they're undermanned out there, and it's just got to be tough to line up and and compete and try to win. But you need to also man up and you know go out there and hustle and, and try to play your job to the best of your ability. I, I got to tell you, I mean, it was deflating for me to go through this bizarre kind of roller coaster with. Oh, you know, Justin Fields is throwing some passes. Oh, look at there's the gamesmanship. Oh, no, you know, wait a minute. The quarterback got hurt, an oblique injury. Oh, no, they're going to play the guy from the practice. Wait a minute. The quarterback's okay. He's going to play. It was just this weird kind of up and down. And then they started the game, and they were completing some passes, and you thought, wow, you know. This is uh, this is a real surprise, but they it, they couldn't sustain it. I, no. I didn't think it was going to be able to. I didn't think they were going to be able to sustain it. No, it was going to be a game of luck. And then you win the ball when the when the holder, who the punter man or whatever, dropped the ball. I'm like, ooh, maybe this is something that is positive yes. for the Bears. That maybe this is something that helps the Bears possibly pull out an upset with the weather and the with the elements that were going on. But no, they didn't. Zerline hits a 57 yard field goal later on. It was an absolute <laughs> bomb. I mean, a bomb. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's try Chris. Tr- Chris is in Evanston. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Uh, my my thoughts on the game are uh, we got thoroughly outcoached. I mean, Trevor Simeon, uh, you know, you know, I, I was rooting for uh, Northwestern's finest there to go out and get it done, came out looking sharp. Then all of a sudden he couldn't get a play in without one second left on the play clock like he wasn't practicing all week. So that's that's inexcusable. Uh, what really frustrated me is half of Montgomery and Evans' runs came once we went up. We went down by three scores. That's when we decided, okay, now's a good time to start running the ball. Uh, so that that was super frustrating. You look at the Jets; they the, once they got a one score lead, they were running the ball and and doing some play action and some deep passes off of that run. But uh, lastly, is I've been saying it all season, Eddie Jackson had his best year. To me, if he's done for the yeah. season, we're going to give up uh, 50 points a game. <laughs> wow. We'll be yeah. close to that. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad to see Eddie go down. Uh, Patrick, were you surprised that uh, Darrington Evans got carries ahead of Travis Ebner? What, I was. What happened to him? I, I don't yeah. know. I was. I mean, I, I you know, you bring a guy up from the practice squad, and was he recently signed or was he on the practice squad? I can't remember. I think but, he was on the practice okay. squad. Okay. So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of shocking that you would do it this late when you gave Ebner – carries earlier in the year and, and, and gave him carriers uh, the last couple of weeks. But I think they made the right decision. <laughs> Number 21 is not a bad little back. I like I like no. him in there as a changeup. Yep. He's no Khalil Herbert, but he's better than Ebner, I will say that. And then what Chris was talking about with the play clock with backup quarterbacks, I've seen it all the time. When you get the backup quarterbacks that come into these games, you got to remember when they practice, they don't have a play clock. So he's he's he hasn't been in a game in a while like that. So he thinks the play clock is a lot longer in his head than it really is. And then also some of these backup quarterbacks – they're trying to outsmart themselves, make the checks and move everybody around. It's like they see the read, the strengths over here. We're going to change the opposite, uh, the opposite play or, or switch the play call around, and they forget about that play clock. 
because they're not used to not to being out there in a game situation. I thought it was a difficult position for him to be in, and I thought he played pretty well early. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if it, it felt like, and maybe I'm totally missing the point, but it felt like they, you know, they always come out and they have a certain amount of of plays they've already established and they're ready to go. And that, you know, until that wore out, they were doing okay. <laughs> then right. that wore out, and you were you were left t- kind of. They're making adjustments. You're making adjustments. I mean, he was under siege. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they it, when when Reef goes down and you you bring in Larry Borum and then Larry Borum is playing Olay with a guy outside. I mean, it was just rough. It let was me, rough. Let, let me explain the Larry Borum one. I'm not sure if this is what happened, but this is what it looked like happened. So they walk a guy up into the A gap. Yeah, and they only have they have, say they have a certain protection called. Then there's going to be a squeeze call made. So the guard goes and gets the linebacker in the A gap. The right tackle goes down and gets the three technique. Well, then the outside guy comes free, and normally that's the the hot read of the quarterback. But the linebacker dropped out. Larry Borum was squeezing, but it looked like the right guard wasn't squeezing. So I don't know if there was a miscommunication, what was going okay. on, but just trying to explain kind of what happens in those situations depending on what the protection's called and is the squeeze call called. And if it is, then the quarterback needs to know he's hot on that. So there's a lot of moving parts in that. So people are going to rip Larry Borum for doing what he did. And not blocking anybody, but he might have been confused. That's not an excuse. He might have been confused on what the call was. But his execution is the it, way he moved. It's not a fault of his execution. It's probably just a mental mental error. And and the only thing was he came in and that happens. Like it, yeah. you just felt like oh boy, right? You know, there's a reason that Larry wasn't starting. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, did he go out of the game at the end too? Was he did. Larry Borum pick he, up an injury? He went so, out as well. So that's. That's hurting his young career as well, or in his evaluation when he had an opportunity to get back in there. And and I had to come down here because Studs uh, called me. Um, but I'm curious. Did um, we can blame? Did studs. they move? Did they move? I'm blaming Studs for me not knowing. They put this. Schofield in at right tackle and yeah, kept Jenkins why? in at right guard. Why would they do that? The O line coaches sometimes say it's better just to move one part or yeah. replace one part than to, to move. Don't move too many. Two for yeah. one move. Yeah. yeah. All right. And it's That's at the right. end of the game, and you kind of get the. Schofield was brought in to kind of be that utility guy, so maybe he right. knows that position a little bit better, and he's a more of a veteran, so I would see that being the reason why. It's just Jenkins looks more like a right yes. tackle than Schofield. Uh, Al is in Buffalo Grove. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Uh, <clears throat> I may be one of the uh, minority of Bears fans that, that's happy today. Uh, I, I'm, one of, I'm a long-term guy that wants a championship, so to me – Every game they lose at this point is a plus. Uh, they they need a high draft pick. They need talent. They need capital. I wanted to ask Patrick a direct question, and I know I know he'll be straight about this. I know as a player, Patrick, you want to win every game, and of course you're going to give 100% every game. But if you're a guy and you know you're going to be around, you are a long-term player, you know you're going to be there next year, is there any part of you at this point in the losing season it's thinking, you know what, maybe we'll be better off to have the third or fourth pick in the draft than to finish two games under and be where the Bears were, which was getting the 15th pick every year. Is there any part of you that thinks long-term as a player, or are you just 100% uh, – Yeah, okay. as, as a player, there's no way. You're always thinking about – doing your job to the best ability, trying to help the team win and try to win. Because these draft picks, even if you get the number two, number three, we've seen it here with the number two. 
They're not guaranteed. And you know that as a player. You've, I've played with many a high draft picks that came in that didn't pan out, and then some undrafted guys and later round picks, Charles Tillman in the second round, you know, Lance Briggs, these guys go on to be all pros. So you don't think that at all. You are not thinking that at all. It is different now sitting where I'm sitting. And if I was, say, uh, wearing a suit in Hallis Hall as a GM, I would still want to win, but I would also look at it through a different lens of like, okay, we are going to improve our, our, our chances in the draft. Maybe I can start looking at this stud player that, that we can get. You know, sometimes when you draft and you scout them, but you know that they're going to go one, two, three, four, and you're down in the 20s or teens or whatever. So that would change their outlook. But as a player, Al, there's no way you think about the draft at all. You, you think about the draft in April when it rolls around. Well, the Carolina Panthers did win today, I believe, over – I think they played Denver, is that right? They did, yes. Yeah, and they won, and that means the Bears now have the number two pick in the draft. They uh, Their five-game uh, losing streak has delivered them to the number two pick with their 3-9 and nine record, trailing only the 1-9-1 and one, uh, Houston Texans. And the Bears, uh, sadly – have the tiebreaker over Houston by virtue of having, uh, of having lost, uh, or excuse me, having beaten them. So well, you know, um, what's, you know what's ugly yeah. too, Molly. I just pulled up the Bears schedule, and I'll, I'm always one. Just next week, so I'm thinking sure. of the Packers. Who can they beat on this schedule? The only one is I see the Lions, but the Lions yeah. are improved. And that's I mean, this might Detroit. be it. Yeah, yeah. That, this might have been your last chance. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, they go. I believe they've got they've got uh, the game at home against. Uh, uh, the Packers, then they have the bye week, mm-hmm. but then they're, I think it's the Eagles, Eagles and then the Bills, Bills right? Lions, So, Vikings. yeah, it's going to be dark days at Soldier Field, I would think, and then they go to Detroit, and then they close it out at home against the Vikings. So maybe the Vikings don't need anything in that last game. Maybe uh, you could get another win out of the season. But, but maybe, those, you, maybe you want them to want, have something. <laughs> we were just well, talking about the draft selection. You know, but I mean, for those um, – for, for those that bet the over-under, I think it was like five and a half. I think you're looking pretty under at this point. Oh, I right? think so, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's just that's not promising right there at all, and that's no. that, that's unfortunate, especially with these injuries today. If those people stay out for a while, uh, I think it was Chris from Evanston said, if Eddie Jackson's out, they're going to give up 50 points a game. You keep losing these stars like that, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that can happen easily. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you, um, you're, you're in serious trouble. I, I don't think there's any way around it. Now, I mean, I get it. A lot of people are delighted. I hate when the conversation turns to the mock draft mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, a handful of ga- – well, I mean, what, five games left? Six right? weeks, five games, yes. Six weeks. And we're already um, into draft season here in Chicago. Right. <laughs> and the idea of, of having a 10-game losing streak, I, I can understand that it appeals to some. I don't, I don't feel that way. I think that, you know, you can find players in all areas of the draft mm-hmm. – I think it just comes down to whether or not you can draft players. And um, and we do not know that, frankly. I mean, and as you mentioned, you know, the Bears had – they traded up to get the number two pick in a draft, and they did not do well with it. So, um, you know, there's plenty of examples. I believe they're playing a team today. They just lost 31-10 to 10 to a team that had a number two pick in the draft that they have benched. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that um, – I, I, you know, I think I understand the idea. The concept would be if there were a quarterback that people wanted to go up and get and uh, and you could trade down and you could pick up. You know, we talked about this before. Miami got uh, three draft picks. They traded back up in the draft and they ended up with Waddle. They traded for uh, 
uh, Cheetah in the offseason, and then they traded for Bradley Chubb. So you got a pass rusher and two receivers for a uh, number uh, three overall pick. That is a pretty good deal, and they did a lot better than uh, the team that took the pick, which, uh, of course, was uh, San Francisco. And, um, you know, San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo still looks like they they could be a danger to uh, – to, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, obviously Trey Lance is, has done nothing and been hurt. So it's it's hard to judge where that pick winds up. Sure. And then just an example, I think Solomon Thomas was on. You remember the Mitch Trubisky yes, trade? Solomon right. Thomas was a backup with the Jets, who was supposed to be the number one D tackle that year that was going to be a you know yep. generational player that was a decade, play for a decade for the for the 49ers, and he's bounced around quite a bit. So you just you, you really never know. You hope. And I think your chances are greater, but you just never know. Let's try Josh. Josh is in Plainfield. Hey, Josh. Guys, I'm I'm pissed right now, all right? How long are we supposed to sit here? And look, we look forward to Sundays to watch the Bears game, all right? I understand talent and all this garbage, all right? But number 22, how are you – I mean, that's embarrassing. You put one foot in the ground and go right around you with your arm tackle, Okay. First of all, second of all, Justin Fields, if he would have played today, we wouldn't have won anyway. Oh, he ran for 20 yards or 30 yards. He can't throw. Okay. This kid, at least to, I, I, I think it was number 11, that touchdown pass, back shoulder. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, he did it. Okay. He did it. He, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. And I'm tired of hearing this. The owners, mom's mad. Oh, she's so mad. Come on, man. And now you're getting a new stadium. For what? For what? So we can sit here and buy your jerseys and your hoodies and all this garbage and watch this? Where's the pride? You lost to the Jets and got whooped. Whooped. It's enough. Look at the Lakers, the Patriots, the Bulls back in the day. You, nobody would put up with that crap. You come to the Bears, you come here to win. This is all we got. Okay, and the owners are sitting there enjoying it. Okay, it's ridiculous. The owner of Dallas Mavericks, you think he'd put up with this crap? No, but we do. We do. How do you call a timeout and the first play you line up the same way and they blitz and take a sack? You had a timeout and you come right back to it. And you're telling me, listen, Manly, I love you, but you're sitting here saying, well, he did this, he did that, he did this, maybe he got the wrong single. Bro, you're getting paid. You should know the single. Come on. It's a timeout. Guys, I love your show. I'm, <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. Josh, I love that, man. Thank you for that call. Now you've got me fired up. I was yeah. after this game like, well, they're out, man. They're under, man, whatever it is. But you're right. This is it's, – it's, you know, I, I love that. I love that about the Bears fans and the way they feel about this team. But – I think we went into the season and we talked about it. This is a rebuild. And Ryan Pohl said he wouldn't say the word rebuild, but he kind of did. He just admitted this is going to be a long season and you're hoping for the development of Justin Fields. And it's unfortunate he wasn't out there today because maybe that could have sugarcoated a little bit that if he right. went out there and had a decent game right. and they lose 31 to 28 or 25 or whatever, and he has a decent game and you see him develop a little bit more as a, uh, as a passer, you feel a little bit better. But you know the warts showed up. I mean, we don't have him out there. That just really shows how bad this team is. And Josh was talking about the uh, – he was talking about Mooney. I thought he was talking about the throw in the end zone to uh, – that, that they didn't score a touchdown to Claypool. Um, he was talking about uh, the throw to Mooney. 
Uh, and he was talking about uh, Kindle Vildor mm-hmm. and his t- terrible, you know. Well, Kindle Vildor is is playing mainly because Kyler Gordon was out, right? Yes. I mean, he plays, but he probably wouldn't have been out there as as much. And then you you know you think about it, you're without Brisker, you're without uh, Kyler Gordon, and and then uh, you have a an injury to Eddie Jackson. So three of your four starters in the secondary are sidelined. You've already You've already, I mean, you know. Let's be honest. The, the front seven here is not one that they built to try to win this year. They they are uh, they're not interested in that. And um, you know, it's this is losing by design, and this is um, this is a team that um, is. It, it, it kind of bothers me a little bit that we give permission to that. I mean, but at the same time, you know. What else are they going to do right We've never done this, though, right? The Bears have really never done this. So I I remember talking to George about how you can't do that in the NFL, that it's been done in other places but not in the NFL. And, you know, it's pretty wild. I I think, uh, you know, the whole narrative has changed in part because it's become this sort of commonplace thing. You know, you you think about different teams, trust the process in Philadelphia – um, you know, in basketball, you, obviously the Cubs uh, lost on purpose and then ended up ending a 108-year drought, and now they're going through that whole process again of kind of rebuilding. Um, I think people have gotten used to the idea. The problem is the NFL. It, there's a couple of problems, not the least of which is injuries are mm-hmm. so debilitating for teams that you can feel like oh, all you need is picks and picks and picks, and then you get a couple injuries, and all of a sudden, it doesn't matter how good or how high your picks were if guys can't turn up and play. And it, that's what kind of – I mean, it is a different sport, man. They, they, it is just – and I'm, I'm telling – I'm speaking to the, to the uh, choir here. I'm just saying it is a little bit different. There is nothing that is guaranteed if you decide to purposely lose. No, no, it's not. But if it works out – then we'll never be talking about this Jets game, and we'll be happy no. that that, it, that it, no. it played out this way. One thing that scares me a little bit is that Ryan Poles now being the new GM, this offseason he was trying to find, to me, these everybody on this team is basically playing for a backup role. You know, The D-line's yes. playing for a backup role. The receivers are playing for backup roles next year if they hit somebody in the draft or get a couple more free agents. But some of these guys he signed for the it, it, at that level of player aren't panning out. They're not as good as you were hoping, especially on the fr- front four of the D-line. To me, those guys would be I'd, – I'd be happy if they were my backups to better players next season. Um, the same with the wide receivers. You'd want the same thing. But nobody that he signed this offseason as a free agent that you were hoping would maybe have a second life, quote-unquote, would come uh, – stepped up and really been a difference maker. Nobody has done that yet. No, and I, and I mean, you know, it's not like he spent a ton of money. They, they you know, they no. tried to get Larry Obenjobi, and, and he came pre-injured, and they – he failed his physical, so that deal went by the wayside, and uh, that was the only real expenditure. Um, you know, they signed Lucas Patrick, they signed Equinemius St. Brown, they signed Byron Pringle, they signed players at at smaller deals. They tried to sign Ryan Bates. That was bizarre. They they didn't even give him a poison pill contract. They mm-hmm. basically made a contract that uh, that the um, that the Bills had no decision to make about uh, about signing. So I think that – I think they're – you know, I heard George say early in the season that it was kind of amazing to watch the way that uh, that uh, 
that Ryan Poles had set a amount of money he was going to pay someone, and then he stayed with it. He wasn't willing to. Well, I mean, that's not laudable. If you want to go get someone, sign them. Yes. You know, you don't get credit for guys you you know you didn't pay a lot of money to. It's just like crazy to me. But yeah, you're right. It's not like. You know, we'll see. They'll, they'll be spending a lot more money, hopefully, in free agency, and they'll be able to get guys, hopefully, that will uh, answer some of these spots. But, uh, again, you know, we don't have a track record. We have one draft yep. already uh, in the in the can, and that's it. And and I think there's a lot of uncertainty as to as to uh, how you're going to do when you finally get all these, these opportunities. I mean, you know, hey – Listen, it, it looks like the secondary improved, and I like those picks. Uh, George Pickens was there. You didn't get a uh, a receiver. Uh, you got you used a third round pick on a gadget guy who he he hasn't worked out yet, right? In no. Bayless Jones. So no. I, you know, I I'm not dissing his draft ability. I just think it's there's we don't know yet. We don't know yet. There's just a big giant question mark, and and this off season is going to be extremely important to this organization and obviously Ryan Poles' future. All right, 312-644-6767. We're going to get to your phone calls. We will be right back here on the Post Game Show on The Score. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And the remaining ticks of the clock, everybody uh, at midfield, exchanging pleasantries, and the fireworks go off here at MetLife Stadium where the Jets paced the Bears 31-10. Bears actually had a 10-7 lead in this one on a Pringle touchdown catch at 14-20 second quarter. But then uh, the Jets just did not stop. They poured it on. They scored 24 unanswered and shut the Bears out after that. The Bears offense could not get enough traction with their quarterback today, Trevor Simeon. 
And they fall to three and nine. They've lost five in a row now. That is the final call from our friends at WBBM, our sister station, and uh, Bears. As you heard Jeff tell you, a loser, 31 to 10. So I hope no one wagered on that one. I believe it was 7.75 maybe at uh, kickoff, but it seemed uh, yeah, not so much. Uh, and uh, and we talked about the injuries. We knew uh, Justin Fields missed the game, and we knew that Khalil Herbert was already out. Um, they lost over the course, and we knew that the, the rookies in the secondary uh, – uh, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon were are both in concussion protocol, and we saw uh, we saw um, Riley Reef left the game with an injury. Darnell Mooney left with a leg. Eddie Jackson left with look, looked like Mooney and Jackson looked like ankles. Hard to tell. Um, we know that Larry Borum left. I don't know if that was a leg as well. Looked like he was uh, struggling. And and who am I missing? Somebody else. Uh, Chase Claypool. Oh, Chase Claypool, of course. He walked off as well, or limped off as well. Yeah, good God. I mean, really? Yeah, it's just not good. It's just, you know, bad went to worse with that. And then hopefully the two young DBs can get back because they need more time out there. And the one thing I want to see them do is play through the rookie wall. You know, hopefully they can come back and get used to a full 17-game season compared to a college season because that's a hard thing. Even as a long snapper when I was there, I'm like, wait a minute, we have five more games to go? What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when's bowl season? Well, not at Duke, but when's bowl season coming around? And it's hard. You have to get adjusted to being a pro and, and really taking care of your body late in the season, and you need to learn how to do that. So you're hoping some of these guys can return uh, to, to, to really figure out that, and it helps them for the future. So uh, we mentioned the Bears got a sack. They had a sack Woo-hoo! from uh, Armand Watts, the first sack from a uh, defensive lineman since uh, – uh, well, that was his first of the year, but that's the first since the uh, Commanders game. And um, I believe uh, uh, the Jack Hammer Sanborn with 15 tackles, 10 of those were solo tackles. And that is, uh, I think, um, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson with nine was next. That's uh, that's a lot of tackles, 15 for Jack Sanborn. Yeah, I've got to give him credit. I mean, he's not a – I don't think he's a difference maker yet, but you know, I talk about on the show he, the NFLers. He's becoming an NFLer right now yep. as a as a rookie, and he's also covering kicks and making tackles during the game while playing every snap on defense. And I, I just got to give him credit. Um, he seems like a guy, and I think they talked about it. Uh, well, I listened to Joni. I think Joni and, and Thayer were talking yep. about it. That he's a guy that can kind of dissect what's going to happen before the play. Like he's already ahead of the game. You know, Erlacher was amazing at that. There's a reason why he's first ballot hall of famer. Athletically, he's tremendous, but he also could diagnose, diagnose a, uh, a formation and kind of just whittle down to what the plays were going to be and, and use that athletic ability to get there. And it seems like Jack Sanborn right now is doing that at this early age, which is, which is a credit to him and as it'll help him for his future. And I think he's a guy, what we've seen, he keeps stacking these games. He hasn't really regressed. Yeah. You know, he came in and played pretty darn well, and he's played kind of at that level the entire time. So um, that's a good signing by Ryan Poles. We were talking about some of the players that maybe haven't stepped up, but he's he's one that definitely has, and that's a great thing for him and a good thing for this team because that's a position of need for this team next year. Yeah, a lot of great natural instincts for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's like a he's a real linebacker. He knows uh, where the play is going, how to how to defend it, and he's a heavy hitter. I remember talking to people uh, during Erlacher's career that the feeling was 
he was just an extraordinary athlete. And as such, he could take a false step and recover and have no problem recovering from a false step. And, and I think that that's clearly a different story. Um, there, there's more natural instinct for a guy like Sanborn who would not be able to, uh, to recover with athletic ability the way Brian could. Oh, another thing about Brian in practice, got a quick story. He yeah. would drive Ron Turner crazy in the offseason when the ones and ones are going against the other training camp. He would call out the play. He'd be like, toss, crack, power, O, and just call it out, and they'd run it. And, and finally, Ron would walk up to him and be like, how do you know? What are you seeing? Please help me. What am I, what am I putting out there? And that's just the way Brian was. He could dissect the formation, see stances. If a guy's light is a right guard, is it going to be power? Is it left tackles, right tackles light? Is it going to be pass? He just could see everything and could di- diagnose everything and would drive Ron Turner crazy by calling out the exact play that was going to happen in practice, you know, and just run right to the ball and, and you know, tag off in, in practice when we did back then. There was no really live tackling. But, yeah, that, that's an amazing skill set, and that's, that's what we want too, real quick. That's what we want out of Justin Fields at the quarterback position. Yes. That's when you see Drew Brees, yes. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Those guys know what's going to happen before it happens, and their elite level of athletic ability and quarterback ability – with that, makes them who they are. And that's what I want to see Justin Fields be able to get to. Patrick, what did you think of the graphics they were using? They were, they were using these graphics of, uh, of Lamar uh, Jackson and, and his running ability and how you know a guy running as much as Fields runs. They basically said they didn't think it was sustainable mm-hmm. because you get injured by the end of the year and then you can't win come playoff time. And we know – that's been one of the storylines that people are complaining about with Lamar Jackson that he's he's just a you know an MVP regular season player but that style of play doesn't work as well uh, in the Super Bowl era. I agree with that. I just think it's a passing league with the way the rules are set for this defense against offenses. It's a passing league. You have to be able to throw the ball. I think what Justin Fields has with his legs is amazing to extend plays. And the running game is great during the regular season, but you're going to get in those two-minute situations like we've seen so far in the last couple weeks with Justin Fields, and he hasn't really been able to execute. Yes, some guys have dropped the ball, but he really hasn't been able to execute to get down to field goal range or get a game-winning touchdown. And I do. I think that's the most important thing right now for Justin Fields. We've seen that he can run the ball. We can see he can scramble. We can see he's the best athlete on the field against some of these teams, but he has to step up and really learn the passing game get comfortable in the pocket, and be able to win games from the pocket as well. All right, 312-644-6767. Danny is in Highland. Hey, Danny. What's going on, man? That was a mess. That was just hard to watch. I mean, oh, goodness. Anyways, I, a, I got a question, and Patrick, I hope you don't think this is a stupid question, and you too, Mully. With all the injuries adding up, and the team is obviously going nowhere if you look at the upcoming schedule. Do you sit Justin Fields? No. Yeah, I, I, we've been asked that for a number of weeks. I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I, I think what we're just talking about is there is still plenty of development mm-hmm. in his game, right? I mean, you would love to see him add some of this passing ability and some of this understanding of their uh, of their offense – to what he's been able to do running the football, and and I, you know, I understand um, that that um, you worry that that Fields isn't going to hold up, and he's taking all these hits and all that. But there are other ways of playing the game, and and I'd be curious. 
I, you know, it was interesting to just see him standing in the rain there, and he had the earplug in, so he's listening to everything going on. I, I would be curious to see if he's learning by watching. If there, mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in the middle of something, you don't see it, but when you stand back and you look at it, you can say to yourself, "Oh, I see this is going on with this, and they're doing that." It just might be a, it might be a something that could help him moving forward. Frankly, this game. I think that's part of coaching as well. They need to sit him down and say, "Hey, what did you see here?" Trevor Simeon saw this. What do you see? You know, like what what what, what do you then? You know, just talk about the coverages. Let's let's see how you would have done it here. Um, maybe he sees that some of the stuff. Maybe he sees while he's watching himself. He's like, "No, he's not open." But that if you watch Trevor Simeon, he's like, "Oh, he should have thrown it to that guy instead of checking down." Right. There were quite a few checkdowns. Does he see it that way? He might. He he honestly might. And you hope he does. You hope he's a. I call it a true pro again, that when you are not in there, you can learn from not playing. And, I, and I'm sure he'll do that. It seems like he's a guy that's – they talk about him being a gym rat and a film rat and all that kind of things. Yeah. I, I think I think he will. And as far as sitting him, there's no way. And it's just you need to play the game. You need these game reps. You need to learn these complex coverages and pro, the pros compared to college. Uh, he needs to work on his pocket awareness and presence and, and just sustaining it, sitting in the pocket a little bit and understanding – when pressure is really pressure and not pressure, and the more reps he gets with that, he'll get better. So there is no way he would get any better, and I wouldn't say – I would not be happy if I was Ryan Poles if, if, if we decide – or let's put it – it would not be good for the Bears organization if they said we're going to sit him until the rest of the year. You just can't do that for this young player. You cannot do that. Yeah. Let's try Gunner. Gunner is in northwest Indiana. Hey, Gunner. How's it going? Good. 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 Uh, I just want to talk about Justin Fields real quick. Um, he's a dual-threat quarterback, right, running and passing. And the Bears have the number one running offense in the league. Um, with today's with today's game, it's, it's a pass-first offense. And with our offensive line, it, it, it's just hard to pass the ball. Like, there's not much to it. Like, there, you can't make the simple reads when there's – when there's 0.5 seconds until there's a man in your face. And that's hard for any quarterback to do, as Aaron Rodgers is experiencing it today. Like, without any wide receivers, you know, he's missing Devontae Adams. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a struggle for the Packers. It's a struggle for the Bears. Um, now, in this year's draft, are we going to be going, Would in your guys' eyes, would you go for a defensive player first, an offensive, like, wide receiver, or – an old line. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll take the what he's talking about the uh, the quarterback and the timing and stuff and being frustrated. There were a few times, and I can't wait to see the all twenty two. And we say it all the time. You want to see the tape, but the Trevor Simeon check down where the receivers open. You know, he's talking about the O line being a problem with protection and not being able to get the ball out. There were a few times he had some time. You know, he had, but he checked it down. Is that because the wide receivers aren't open? And that's 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 there's two parts to this equation with the quarterback. Can the O-line protect and can the receivers get open? Um, so I want to see that as well. And as far as the draft, I've talked about it on the station, I want a left tackle. We've never had a stud left tackle, never had a shutdown left tackle. And the next one to me is a three technique. You look at Forrest Buckner and Indy when they were good, you know, when they first got him. Right. Uh, right. Quinn and Williams type to come in and, and just nail down that three technique and, and be that disruptive force in the middle of this cover two defense is important to me. Yeah, I, you know, I think when you are drafting very high in the draft, there are primary positions that you take. And you always, you know, it, you find if you can get a left tackle early in a draft, that guy usually plays 10 years. 
and that's where you find the great ones. Mm-hmm. And if you could get a player like that, and there might be one, you know, in your backyard, I'd be all over that. I love the the defensive tackle from Georgia. I think oh. he's a really good player. I think he'd be a kind of. But I'm I'm curious to see, like, you know, if if, uh, if they're rebuilding an Indy and, uh, and and DeForest Bunkner is not part of what they want to do moving forward, maybe you can sign a guy like that. I mean, I'd still. He's still relatively young, right? I mean, I I would still love them to worry about that position and and keep adding to it, but I think it's it's got to be a combination of of free agent. I think they need at least two offensive linemen. Yes. Um. And I and I think they need help. They need a pass rusher and they need a uh, they need a three technique to run this defense. So I I, I mean I don't want to. You know, I don't want to lock into a single position yet because you don't know who's going to be there mm-hmm. and you don't know how – when you get through the scouting process, how you will look at the draft. I mean, there could be a guy – you know, they could very well trade down, but there could also be a guy that you determined is so valuable that if you don't take him, you know, it's going to damage your team, right? So I, I think if you got a guy that, that you really like, I you know, go ahead, take him. I got no problem with that at all. I'm with you on all that, and I think just the the issue, maybe it's a good problem to have, is that you have so many holes to fill that whoever they take, I'm not going to be that upset. I'm like, well, You're okay, right. I could see that. I could see that yeah. one. I could see that. That could help the team as well. And then do you need another playmaker on offense? Do you need another wide receiver to go with Claypool and Mooney? You know, there, right. there's just there's a lot of holes in this team. So I think any any decisions he makes, I will say I could see that, but then let's see how it works out. Let's see if he made you the right decision. Need to get decision. better on the line of scrimmage. There's no. And I'm I, a big believer in building inside out. Yes. I just, I, I'm just a big believer yeah. in that. Protecting the quarterback up front, stopping the run, and getting after the passer up front on defense. And that's not as sexy as anything else. No, but, but that works. You know, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's let's uh, try Maurice. Maurice is uh, is listening online. He's in Vegas. Hey, Maurice. How you guys doing? I, I just want to just keep it real simple. I think the main problem with the Chicago Bears are the McCaskies. Uh, I have the opportunity to be out of Chicago for a while. I've listened and watched my team in other markets uh, when I lived in the Bay Area and even now here in Las Vegas. Other teams and other ownerships are totally different. And, you know, tickets are going up, 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 up. Uh, people, like like Josh said, people are buying paraphernalia. This is the product that you put on the field. I understand what you guys say. None of those D-backs can handle NFL receivers. Therefore, they shouldn't be in this league. We don't run slants. We don't run other plays that, that, that other teams run. We, I, I don't know. You, you got to go get somebody else to get your coach. You don't have your, – your front office don't have the infrastructure where you can go in and you can, you can, you can do these things yourself. It's the same, the same thing like the Cubs. We've been bamboozled in Chicago. We've been hoodwinked. The Cubs, look what they do. You win the, you win the series, then you gut out your whole infield. If the Bears are going to do the same thing. Even if they go to the Super Bowl, they're not going to pay them. So we need to stop showing up. White Sox fans, don't show up. Lost Maurice. And this is what we get. This is what we get. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, too, though. They're doing something different. I will give the McCaskies credit to allow Ryan Poles to do something different. This is a full rebuild. This is a full rebuild. This is They had a lot of dead, dead cap money. Next year, that's coming off the books. They're going to have a ton of money. He's collecting picks from some of the good players that he traded away. He's trying something different. He's right. What we've seen in the past has not worked. But I'm going to sit here and cross my fingers. 
and hope this works. Hopefully this is the new way and a new guy, Ryan Poles, coming in can, can solve the issues and build a consistent program here that can last a decade or two, that he can build the Steelers, you know, build, build a program that just is always winning. That's, that's what I want to see happen. Yeah, and I, I you know, I heard um... – I heard him mention the White Sox there for some reason. I think that he mean the Bears, but uh, the White Sox did sign a pitcher today. They did sign Mike Clevenger, so that's good news. I don't know if anyone cares, but there you go. Breaking news on the score. There you go. Yeah. We've so, talked World Cup and, and White Sox during the Bears postgame. That's how bad this team in that game was. That makes complete sense. That is how bad What's it next? Was. Are we going to break down the Bulls? Don't they have like a winning streak or something going on? <laughs> No, they just this is turning into your morning show. They lost the last one. <laughs> well, I mean, Pat, what what are we supposed to talk about? I, I'm with on you. The morning show. It's uh, like yeah, I hear problematic, you. buddy. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mike Clevenger with the White Sox. How about that for good news from the Bears game? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's the post game show on the score. Back with your calls. Obviously uh, disappointed in the loss today, um, but. Uh, just to clear up a couple of things with uh, Justin, you know, so Justin um, today during pregame, you know, went out um, prior to pregame, went out there and worked out a little bit. And uh, we went with the medical staff and uh, with Justin after that. And then also with, uh, you know, Ryan and myself, and we decided that it was the best interest in Justin and also for the Chicago Bears that he was inactive today. You know, so it's really comes down to really one thing is strength. You know, he didn't have the strength uh, to protect himself uh, in the game properly and to perform the way he wanted to perform. So that was really the, the gist of that right there. It's the post-game show on the score. We've got Patrick Manley. I am Molly, and that is the voice of Matt Eberflus from the post-game. And he's not calling it gamesmanship. He said they went out with the intention of seeing how uh, Justin Fields was, and they determined that he wasn't strong enough to protect himself with his uh, left shoulder separation. So he was a late scratch, and then they went with uh, Trevor Simeon, and lo and behold, he injured an oblique, and then they announced that Nathan Peterman would be starting, and then they went back to Trevor Simeon, who was going to be the – the backup for the game, and uh, and we mentioned uh, with Mark Grody that that would have made David Montgomery the emergency quarterback, but uh, instead Simeon went the whole distance. He managed to uh, to play the entire game, so congratulations to him for getting through it. Uh, not the greatest performance we've ever well, seen. Well, let me let me let me ask you that. Yeah. So we were talking about all these players. Yeah, they're playing to me. They're playing these Bears players right now are playing to be backups next year. That's what I'm hoping. That talent yes. level they are. They're NFLers to maybe be backups, have spot starts here and there. Well, let's talk about Trevor Simeon as a backup. Mm-hmm. How did he play for you as an NFL backup for the future? Say behind Justin Fields for another couple of years. I thought he was fine. I, yeah, I thought I thought he was the kind of guy that could get you out of a game, mm-hmm. that could start spot start for you, and I appreciated him. You know, kind of shrugging off the oblique injury, whatever. Um, he ended up, I believe, Patrick, uh, 14 to 25 for 179 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Uh, it was sacked twice for a loss of 14 yards. I, you know, I didn't feel like he had a ton of help, frankly. No, and it, it, to me, like I said, in a game like this, when you go with your backup quarterback, hopefully in the future, the Bears' defense is much better and more like Indy was when Eberflus was there. 
that you can win a game with the defense and you bring in a Trevor Simeon and you feel really comfortable and confident that you can go ahead, okay, our starter's out, but we can still rack another win up for this playoff push. And I, I, I evaluate Trevor Simeon. I know he's a buddy of mine. I told you the pregame he's a golf buddy yeah. of mine, but I'm evaluating. I wanted to evaluate his game as, you know, do they need to up, upgrade that position? Okay, it's great if you're his backup and you're a good, you know, pat on the back guy and can help him in the meetings. But with a guy like Justin Fields, and Trevor said it, he thought he was going to have to play a game or two with just his style of play. And I thought he played well enough if you had enough people around him that he could manage the game and if you had a solid defense, you can get a win. You can get a win in the NFL with him as your backup quarterback. And I think that's a good thing for the Bears. And I know his relationship with Justin Fields is excellent. So that's good for both of them if they're going to continue working together in that building and he's going to help Justin Fields grow. So I'm somewhat happy with the way he played. I wasn't expecting great things. You know, he was up, what, 10-7 early, and then yep. just uh, the, the defense kind of fell apart, and there's nothing you can really do. But overall, my evaluation of his game was it's okay. He played as a good backup today. If you could have played a complimentary game, and by that I mean if your defense, if you had a good defense, that was a good enough performance on offense to win the game. If your defense could have, you know, done anything. When your defense is allowing 31 points, and, you know, I don't want to be – cruel to the defense because we know how beaten up they are, but I, I felt that that wasn't really – I felt like they – I, I know 10 points isn't enough, but I felt like they if they could have played more of a complimentary game, he might have been able to do more. Sure. No, I, I agree with that. But I just – you know, he didn't make – you know, he had the one interception, which was you yeah. know, him forcing it in there late in the game trying to score just That's to put some it. points on the board. Yeah. But, again, the, the check downs I'm fine with. I'm looking forward to seeing the – the all twenty-two? Did he miss some open throws or anything like that? But he took what was given in front of him, and I thought I thought he played an okay job. And I I feel comfortable with him on a good team as my backup. That's the way I feel. Yeah, and it's uh, I think that's a fair comment, Patrick. I I I don't think you're saying that because he's your bud. No, I just uh, yeah, because I'm going to evaluate him hard too, yeah. and I want to take his money right. on the golf course as well. But <laughs> just saying, no. but you know, that's I want him around so I can do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's try Tony. Tony's in Rockford. Hey, Tony. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, I, I just want to – well, number one, thanks for taking my call. I love this station and radio show. And I, I, I'm a truck driver. I get to listen from start to finish usually. Awesome. But anyhow, uh, I want to touch on what you guys talked about earlier about uh, Justin being able to watch and see what Trevor did, particularly early in the game. It got a little rough for him later, but – uh, I I wondered when he wasn't playing uh, if a, up in the booth might not have been a bad place for him to see the game with a different perspective. You know what I mean? Uh, he'll get that later with with the the film study. So I, I'd rather have him him on the sideline. And then I was talking about the checkdowns from from. Uh, I know we got to take a break here, but uh, Trevor Simeon's checkdowns. That's something we really haven't seen Justin Fields do. No. Sometimes he escapes. No. Sometimes he makes great plays or whatever, and that's great to use your legs. But maybe there are sometimes. He needs to see that, hey, that check down did work. Cole Komet got a first down. David right. Montgomery got a first down. I didn't yeah. take a hit. You know, yeah. I didn't wait for that guy to come over. I just hit him, and those guys can do their thing. That's that's what I meant when I was saying that maybe watching that game yes. gave him a different mm-hmm. sense of the game. Sure. Maybe it was a good thing ultimately for him. I hope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think you I think Trevor Simeon I didn't I didn't blame him for anything. And in no. fact, as I said, I, I thought it was great that um I, I felt very tentative heard he had been hurt yeah. and I wasn't looking forward to the Nathan Peterman experience but uh but that was all right that that was okay mm-hmm. that that you know it was a backup it, quarterback performance exactly 
All right, 312-644-6767. We're going to be back with your calls here on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 